You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10-5 victory! This is Love of the Star. 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 Welcome back to another edition of Love of the Star. I am Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. That is your radio flagship home of the Dallas Cowboys. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now co-host of the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday. And he is also the uh, pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And Brian, today, uh, when we record this here on Sunday night, after we've both gotten home and and gotten a quick chance to recharge just a little bit, uh, the Cowboys pull out a victory. It was ugly at times. It didn't always look great. It it wasn't always pretty, but uh, they get the job done and ultimately win this game by damn near 20 points. Uh, But I guess your your biggest takeaways, your biggest thoughts coming out of this uh, 24-6 victory over the Lions. I clearly didn't give the Lions enough credit coming off the bye with how tough their defense could play. Um, kind of felt like that the metrics, the numbers, all said that you could do this to them and you could do that to them. And what I really didn't account for is there's some good players on their defense. Sure. Their, line, their linebackers are good. Jeff Akuda at corner – was one of the top corners that I rated coming out of Ohio State. Uh, and you know, he's a kid from South Grand Prairie here in Texas. Yep. And for him to have 15 tackles, he affected the game when it came to the running game and when the ball came to his side. He was a factor in making things happen. And so, um, you know, you get in these games and you're watching the tape and you're thinking, okay, well, they could do this and they can do that. It, it, it's 
it's just the NFL, man. This isn't this isn't like LSU showing up and playing, you know, Tulane and and you know, I mean, this is this is real football. I mean, not to say <laughs> LSU and Tulane's not real football. Hey, Tulane's ranked. Tulane's ranked, ranked right now. But, but but I'm just saying though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, nine times out of ten, uh, LSU's going to beat Tulane. I got you. But and I, the, I think the things that I think that the Lions really after the type of season they've had so far, whether that's uh, you know the close losses they had, the embarrassment that they had in New England, and then they had the bye week. You know, they were going to come in here and give you a fight. And Dallas initially didn't do a good enough job offensively of taking the fight to the Lions. Yep. Now, give the Lions, again, some credit for the way that they played. Uh, give the Cowboys' defense some credit for the way that they played to kind of hold things together until you kind of figured some stuff out in the second half. I'm not going to lie, when – Noah Brown fumbled that ball at the one or two yard line, but the Cowboys going in, I'm thinking, is this going to be one of those days? Yeah, like just not your day today. Not our day today. Lions are gonna, you know, Lions are gonna throw the ball to the Hawkinson and it's gonna be, you know, like they did. They threw the ball to Hawkinson on the screen. It went 17 yards. It might have scored, it might not have scored. I, I mean, who knows? You know, the official fortunately gave you the opportunity to run another play, and in, in Detroit Lion fashion, they fumble on the one-yard line after a great play by Tank Lawrence. But that just goes to show you, I say this all the time, the NFL is a strange lady. Ask yep. Tom Brady about that today. Ask Aaron Rodgers about that today. Ask the Atlanta Falcons after uh, <laughs> Joe Burrow put 500 yards up on him. Yep. You know, that's that's what we're dealing with right now. When you feel like that, man, you're going to go in there and roll your you roll your helmet out there, and it's just going to they're going to other teams going to roll over and die. It's not the case in the NFL. It's just not. And you know, I I, I think the Lions now we'll see what happens to them from here on out. But that's a game that they really really wanted to get. And Dan, I know Dan Campbell, he wanted the game because he's a Texas guy. He played for the Cowboys. You know, he he has a little bit of history here and his and there's a lot of respect for him yeah. in that front in that front office yeah. for, for for what he's done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh it, one of the big high headlines out of this game, and obviously we're we're not neglecting the Dak Prescott angle. That'll be part of the discussion. We're gonna talk a little bit more in depth about Dak specifically and his return in the next segment, but I, I think that regardless of Dak, Cooper Rush, whoever was gonna be out there today, the story was gonna be you got five takeaways in the second half. Uh, I, I mean, this was a, a, an instance where Detroit had six possessions in the second half, five ended in turnovers, and there was a punt. Every single possession in the fourth quarter that Detroit had was a turnover. So Dallas really starting to get some of those takeaways, generate some of them. They had three fumbles today that they recovered. Uh, Sam Williams was really impressive in, in limited reps. Um, it took a little while, I think, for the pass rush to get going. Uh, the first half, it, it wasn't, you know, overwhelming. The, you had the the roughing the passer penalty on Micah Parsons, the times where they would break through, they were just, they weren't quite close enough. Um, And then on the other end of it, I was kind of surprised by this, Brian. I don't know about you. I I think it got a little better in the second half, but the pass protection was a little leaky against what is not a very good Detroit Lions pass rush. But I felt like your tackles, especially in the first half and pass pro, Tyler Smith and Terrence Steele, they had some issues there in the first half. 
Yeah, that just goes to show you, though. But, you know, Aiden Hutchinson is a guy that, depending on whose board you were looking at, there are people that might have had Aiden Hutchinson as the first overall player on the board. Sure. You know, in the draft. And, you know, he we 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 talked to uh, you know, the Lions play by play guy, Dan Miller, before the game, and you know, he was talking about Hutchinson and that hey, they need to move him around more. They you know, he's learning, he's the three sacks he had were against the commanders all in one half, and you know, it it didn't sound great. It just it didn't sound, but the effort was there, the intensity was there, the desire to be better was there. You know, there's things that they could build on, but you know, when you run, I don't know how many plays Dallas ran tonight. I can tell you right now, they ran 59 plays. All right, they ran 59 plays. Well, there you go. I mean, uh, Terrence Steele had a bad play, and Tyler Smith had a bad play, you know, when it came to pressure. And that's, you know, if you have one bad play out of 59, I'd say you're doing pretty well. But he's he's a good player. Aiden Hutchinson sure. is a good good player. And, you know, and Tyler Smith and, you know, Tyler Smith's been doing fine. Uh, I keep talking about uh, Terrence Steele doing fine. But, yeah, it, it, you know, it, it, especially the first drive. I mean, the first drive that, you know, I'm thinking, you know, all of a sudden Dak gets sacked on the third down, and I'm like, what, is this what's going to happen all day today? Yeah. You know, but, uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, it wasn't pretty. And it, it certainly wasn't pretty from the offensive line. And there were situations where the third downs and the runs. And I'll I'll get into that uh, if you'd like to. I, yeah. You know, I'd, lo- I'd love to comment on that. If yeah, you, yeah, if absolutely. Like absolutely. To, because I think I think that, what you look at, and we can talk about that. There were there were a few instances. You had the third down play where Zeke wasn't able to get to the edge on. It was either a third and two or a third and one. You had the third and one uh, where they they choose to. Um, uh, like go with the the Zeke up back look, which they've handed off in the fullback a, a number of times. They decide to go for the pitch play to Pollard to the outside. Detroit sniffs that out, and uh, you know is able to to knock that out. Um, I, I think another aspect of this is the um the 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 when you talk about some of their decision making, I didn't like the decision to pitch there. I thought the the run to the outside with Zeke on third and one wasn't great. I didn't love and it didn't end up burning them. The indecisiveness at the beginning of the second quarter where they couldn't quite make up their mind and then they said, All right, let's go for it on fourth down and then they ended up costing themselves a timeout and then not even yeah. going for it on fourth down. There was there was sloppiness across the board I felt like today, but but specifically on that running front, uh talk a little bit about that and your thoughts on on the running game. Yeah, Bobby, I, and I, I said this in the pre, uh, the postgame show. You know, if you look at the Cowboys have had really good success of running the ball on third and one with Zeke. Yeah, There's been plenty of opportunities where he has picked those things up without fail. And I wonder, because Mike McCarthy is one of these guys that talks about self-scout. Yep. And I wonder if, if this was one of those instances where – Kellen Moore and the staff says, we need to do some tendencies busters here. We need, you know, people are starting to get down to, okay, we're going to, with Zeke, they're going to hand the ball third and one. This is where they're going to run. You know, and I I think that that's what you saw. They got, they got Pollard and Elliott in the backfield. Zeke is the fullback. They fake it to him and run the flip. Well, you know, 
every time they've got that formation, they've handed the ball to Zeke. Yes. Every, every single time. So all of a sudden you're like, well, we've done this enough. Let's bust a tendency with it. Let's show that we could do something other than hand the ball off to Zeke inside. Which is fair. And yeah, so I, I really do when I guarantee you when Monday afternoon rolls around and we get opportunity to ask Kellen more questions, you know, someone's gonna ask him about the third and one stuff. Someone's gonna ask the third and short stuff. And I don't know if he'll admit it, but to me, I think they were trying to bust some tendencies with these flip plays just to kind of give some people a different look that, well, hey, they just don't hand the ball inside every single time. You know, and give Detroit credit, whether it was, you know, any one of their defensive ends, their linebackers, Akuda, anybody that it, the ball went to the edge, it was tough. They made it very, very difficult for you to get the edge on it. And I, I, I'll I, say it one more time. I think we're busting some tendencies today in this football game. And I think that's a, a decent uh, theory there as to why they approach it that way. I do think that – I don't know that you can apply tendencies like that completely when you look at the quarterback was new in there. Like, like It's almost like you're resetting your tendencies a little bit once the quarterback's in there, I feel like, a little bit. But well, if they'd me- gone RPO, if they'd gone RPO on that, then you would have – then, yeah, that's sure. something completely different that we saw from Cooper Rush. But the fact that every single time that they've lined up with Zeke as a fullback – and Pollard as the eye back, then they've run the ball with Zeke inside. Yeah, and they 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 haven't shown you anything differently. I guess and I, I think and, and, they were and, trying to get you on one. And, and you know what? Uh, like like let's let's you know uh, let, let's give an example of how that's worked in the past. Uh, I'll give you an example. Um, the they they ran in 2016. They would frequently run Lucky Whitehead in this jet motion. And then it would be this, uh, like, like this reverse, or, or they would fake a screen and end up just kind of pitching it to Lucky Whitehead. And they ran that over and over and over again. And then it got to Pittsburgh, and they faked it, and they actually threw the ball to Zeke on the screen, and he ran 77 yards for a touchdown because Pittsburgh thought they had the key on it. And it's, oh, okay, here it is. Yeah. We, we know what this yeah. is. So there, there's something to be said for that for sure. To me, I just looked at it and went, don't get cute here. Like like third and one, just, just hand the ball off, whether it be to Zeke or even if you hand it off to Pollard, just get it done between the tackles. And, and specifically on the running game today, uh, and it's – before I go to the running game, I want to say this because I'm sure people listen to this and go uh, – they'll give us the Brad Sham line. Like, they won today, right? I can understand mm-hmm. that. But uh, you, you look at this game, and, and it is a little bit of an enigma. Do you think anybody or any specific unit today was exceptional for the Cowboys? Because I don't know that anybody was exceptional. I thought the defense was good, um, but but they, they, they needed takeaways, I think, to bail them out a couple times um, where – that and penalties. Yeah, penalties. Oh my gosh, there were there were a few conversions that Detroit had undone by penalties, and so uh, I guess I'll look at it that way. Is there anybody, Brian? And I don't mean this as like a setup to go. Aha! See, we can say that we we don't deserve. I'm just curious for you. Did you feel like any unit today for the Cowboys was exceptional? Kind of felt like that punt return unit had a plan today. <laughs> there is that, and then they wasted yeah. that. They got the kick they return. And they got score. Yeah. I mean, special teams. When you look at it, and I. I, I I've been super critical of Mike McCarthy, said it on the post-game show. I appreciate the fact he could have taken the delay game penalty and moved it back five yards and still kicked the field goal. But I appreciate him on fourth and three saying, you know what, let's just take these points. I'm not going to drive the ball all the way down here and not get any points. You know, he took a timeout. They got the field goal. 
good for them. Tied the game up. You know, yeah, he could have gone for the throat in that particular uh, instance, but he didn't. If because if he doesn't get it, then now it's like, okay, here we go again, kind of a thing. I think Mike played the game smart uh, today. I, I really do. I like what he did. But when you're asking about units that did well, uh, you know, I, 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 yeah, I mean, to me, running the ball, they figured this thing out with with Zeke and Pollard. It turns into 27 carries with a guy that's explosive and a guy that's powerful. That's what they do in the running game now. It's 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 like they they've got them divided up, and one might get 15 carries and the other might get 12, and it goes back and forth. But you're getting a power runner and an explosive runner, and I'll take that. I, I don't have to have the carries. One guy get 18 and the other guy get 10. I don't have to have that. Yeah. But if you're telling me that both backs are combining for 27 carries and one of them is really explosive and one of them's hurdling uh, defenders and showing balance and all that stuff, I, I'm all for that. And I, I think that they, at times when they needed to run the ball. I'm not talking about the third down stuff because I think there was some, I think there was some kind of some some different things going on there. Sure, but but overall, I, I would say that that you know once again it it didn't it didn't all fall on Dak in this game. It didn't have to be Dak Prescott throwing for like Joe Burrow throwing for 500 yards today. Yeah, no, I, th- I think this is a game Cooper Rush probably wins. And and before we transition over to the Dak discussion, one more point I want to say just on on the running game front. I think if you're to look at a, a moment where you say, what was a really key pivotal moment or a key pivotal drive, Trayvon Diggs gets that interception out of yeah. halftime. It, it's 6-3, and it's like, okay, it's not enough just to get that turnover. That's a big deal, but you got to score here. And the Cowboys go down the field, and I think the you want to give gold stars to guys. I think Zach Martin and Terrence Steele for the way they run blocked on that drive. They they were the MVPs of that drive for me, like really clearing space for Pollard and Zeke to do work and ultimately uh, five carries for their backs on that drive, 54 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I, I thought, you know, if you want to look at a really exceptional example of how Terrence Steele and Zach Martin work together in run blocking, go look at the Cowboys opening drive of the second half. Yeah, I and, and, and you know, it didn't start off great too because here they fumble the ball on the goal line. The Lions run the clock out. So second half, what do they start with? A pass to Hawkinson for 16, another run. I mean, it's like – and then they take this shot and the ball's badly underthrown. Yep. A great job by Diggs to make a play on that ball. But, yeah, you needed that drive. And it it came up it came up aces for you, uh, the way you were able to finish that off. And and you mentioned with uh, with – Steele and Martin doing the doing a lot of the, the heavy lifting. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast, and you can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Brian, uh, the, we, we managed to go most of that first segment without doing what everybody expected us to do, and that was talk about the quarterback. We, we, we didn't do that. Uh, because we, we wanted to save that for a broader segment for us to discuss. And before we get into that, uh, I just want to remind you guys uh, of our great partner here at Love of the Star, Boomer Jacks. You know, there was a, a fan in town for the game uh, today. His name was Lou, and Lou was asking me, uh, hey, where, where do I go to, to watch the rest of the NFL games after, after you know, the, the game's over? Where, where do I head over to? I said, I've got just the perfect answer for you. It's Boomer Jacks. Head on over there with your family. You got, you got your kids with you. That's the perfect spot for you. It is a family-friendly environment. It's a great environment for fans. It's a great environment for coworkers looking for happy hour, whatever you want to do. Great drink specials starting at $3 there. They have the coldest beer in the Metroplex. It is the best, top of the line. And one of the things they're really wanting you guys to know about right now is their wing specials. Uh, you're going to be listening to this podcast on Monday, so you can plan ahead a little bit. Tuesday night, They've got half-price bone-in wings. Wednesday night, it's half-price boneless wings. So whatever you're into in the wing front, uh, they've got you handled there at Boomer Jacks. And there are 17 DFW locations, so I promise you there is one near you. You can uh, find your local Boomer Jacks by heading over to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian. Dak Prescott returned. He, 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 he looked shaky at times. It wasn't always great. We talked about this this week. There were going to yeah. be moments where he's going to skip a throw, sail a throw, whatever. It, timing, the, the the connection. Mike McCarthy said last week the biggest issue is going to be timing with his receivers more than anything else, just getting that that repetition back a little bit. Uh, and Mike McCarthy was asked after the game, all right, coach, what did you think of Dak Prescott's performance? Uh, I, th- I think clearly, you know, to, to, you know, to be expected, I thought Dak performed better as the game went on. I, you know, I think it's like anything. You know, it's the first time he's been out there in quite some time. Um, so... But, you know, starting with the command of the huddle and the whole operation, I thought he was really on point there. Um, so, you know, handled the adjustments that were going on during the course of the game. So, you know, those are the little things that don't show up in the – or there are big things that don't show up in the, in the stack column. So, you know, I thought the operation was really good. Um, but, hey, you know, it's, I think it's just like anything, especially at the quarterback position, you come back from a – an injury to your throwing hand. I mean, he just he just he needs reps. He needs to continue to continue to get the reps, and uh, we'll get a full week this week going into Chicago. I think it'll really help him a, a bunch. You know, coming out of the Sunday night game with no practice on Wednesday, we're just more throwing routes on there. You know, as much team activity that we can, you know, participate in, it's only going to get him back to where where he was coming out of training camp. But obviously, I thought he had a winning performance today. Ryan, Dak Prescott, 19 of 25, 207 yards, a touchdown, zero interceptions, which, as you know, I have to fight the fight on social media all the time. I, I was literally having people talk about what an awful performance Dak put up. And it's like, look, whether he was totally sharp or not, which he wasn't, um, uh, you know, I, I think it's funny to look at a guy who went, you know, had six incompletions on 25 attempts and didn't throw an interception, had a pass rate of 113 and say he was awful. Uh, to me, this was better than any game Cooper Rush played, and we still were, were critical of it. Uh, but overall, I, I think that Mike McCarthy's got it there. There's going to be a little bit of rust that you're knocking off. You're still going to try and get into your rhythm a little bit, and, and I think Chicago will be better than you know this Detroit game, and I think Green Bay will be better than Chicago. And, and by the time we get to Minnesota, I think you'll see, all right, Dax got his rhythm back, and, and this is what we're looking at here. Yeah, and I think Mike McCarthy really spelled it out for you. If you're a fan and you want to be critical of Dak Prescott's way he played, 
Mike McCarthy told you they really didn't practice very much this week. No. You know, they didn't. And and I know when we're out at the star, I know a lot of times I, I do work with uh, Cowboys break. Uh, I, I walk from the uh, – I walked right past the practice field when they're working out. I see a lot of T-shirts and helmets, yep. you know. I don't see full padded practices. This isn't like 1986 where you had all these players you could bring out there and, you know, and you could bang around and have padded practices and work hard and do all that stuff. Mike McCarthy is very mindful of his team's health. He's very mindful of that. Yep. And I'm not making an excuse for Dak Prescott, but Mike McCarthy just made an excuse for him that the first really live action that he was going to see was going to be in this football game. He could throw routes all day against air and stuff like that, Yeah, you know, and they probably were pretty fearful about putting him up against a rush and, you know, with against scout team, just because don't get around Dak. Don't let him, you know, don't let him throw. And, you know, sometimes you have these defenders that get, you know, they beat a guy, they get right by the quarterback and then quarterback throws the ball and his hand hits the helmet of yep. the defender, yep. you know, and I, Listen, I can Dak Prescott play better. Yes, sure. Is he going to need? Is he going to need to play better? Yes. Is it give you more opportunity than what Cooper Rush uh, was showing? Yes. Did he get the same results as Cooper Rush? Yes. They got to win. You know, that's that's all that matters right sure. now. Yeah. It it doesn't matter. We're not trying to get in the Sugar Bowl here or the <laughs> national championship game. Yeah. We're trying to win football games, whatever it takes to win a football game whether it's getting five turnovers or Dak Prescott throwing for 207 yards. That's what it has to be. So, but McCarthy told you why Dak probably was rusty. They really didn't practice this week. Yeah. They'll get back to a normal way of practicing because they're not going to get home at four in the morning at a, from a game from Philadelphia on Monday. McCarthy is very mindful of the health and the condition of his team the people in the front office, the doctors, the trainers applaud him for this. You know, that's one of the reasons why, yeah, you weren't tough enough last year to win in the playoffs, but you had one of the most healthiest teams going into the playoffs. Yeah. So, you know, that, that you have to have health, you have to have luck, you have to have some breaks. And I, I think you're right. I think Dak will get better, you know, because it wasn't good enough to start out. But I think as things started to progress – he felt a little bit better about his situation as the game went on. Well, and we're talking about in the second half, he was 10 of 11. I, I mean, he was damn near perfect on, on his completion percentage in the second half. And, and it was a lot of, you know, uh, easier looks. But, I mean, he had a couple throws there. He had one to CeeDee Lamb that, that was significant. Um, and, and I think, I'm, I'm trying to remember, was the, the incompletion to Gallup on the slant that was a little behind Gallup. That was first half. Uh, yeah, that, and that was that was not thrown well. It, it was and it was not thrown well. So here here's how I looked at it. There, Michael there were, Gallup's another question going on too. That guys. that is definitely something that needs to be discussed. But I, I think that I looked at I saw two really bad throws. There was the yeah. one to Ceedee Lamb that was almost picked off. There was the one that was way underthrown to Michael Gallup the very next play. So those two throws were really bad. Um, there there were two other throws that could have been better. And and the throws could be better. And I also think at the same time, the receivers could have finished the play. I think Gallup could have caught that ball. It could have been a better ball, but he could have caught it. And I think the opening throw to Noah Brown, that could have been a better ball. And Noah Brown still probably should have caught it. 
So to me, yeah, I, but, but Dak will tell you he got caught in between running and he and then Noah flashed. Yeah, open. because because so it's funny. You remember we talked. We said what would be the first throw, and I told you. PA boot to a tight end, and yeah. that was what was drawn up, and the tight end got stuck in traffic, apparently. In fact, we'll, we'll play this cut really quick. This is Dak Prescott talking about how he performed and then addressing the question of that first throw, which sailed a little bit on him to Noah Brown. Yeah, I felt great. Um, I felt comfortable with everything. Uh, thumb definitely didn't bother me. Wasn't a thought in my head. Um, felt like after a few throws, um, yeah, I was I was back into it. Um, and that, that, that drive before uh, halftime, um, I felt like I'd, I made a few that just said, hey, we're, we're, we're good to go. Don't think about anything again. And yeah, so I felt fine. But this is about the team. This is a great team win. Uh, this is what I've been watching for the last five weeks, this defense, the special teams, um, and just us playing complimentary football. And it was just, uh, it's just great to be back and be a part of it. Uh, honestly, I, when I came out, there's supposed to be a, um, a tight end also getting free, got uh, knocked off, I guess, on his route. And initially in my head, I was thinking to run. And then Noah flashes. Uh, and then, so that's kind of while the ball placement was there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously you want that back. But then again, it's part of maybe next time I run, I'll probably still be running. Which is interesting there. Maybe next time he runs. Is he? Is he going to run? I, I still don't know that we're, we're sure we're going to see him run. I, I, I think that. Uh, he had a couple opportunities today, and look, I think we, he looked more mobile in training camp. That was something I was excited about heading into the season. Um, but again, it's just there was an opportunity there to run, and he chose not to. Now, Noah Brown was open um, and, and could have picked up a big, you know, had a big game there. But uh, ultimately, you you hear him kind of describe that tight end gets lost in the trash. But but that doesn't surprise me. That I think we had thought that, that there, there were a few things that I think we thought would happen. They were going to lean on the running game a lot. They did that. I, I felt like they were going to try and take the ball first because they didn't want to try and pressure Dak and to get into a shootout. They, they, I think they felt like we need to score first. Let's not let Detroit get points on the board and immediately put pressure on our quarterback to like, hey, we need to score. Um, so I felt like getting the ball first made some sense and they won the toss and took it uh, instead of deferring. Um, and then I thought they were going to try and set him up for an easy throw right out of the gate, which is that play action boot to to the tight end. And, and that's what they looked for. So I, I think this ultimately fell along a pretty predictable script for what we expected for Dak Prescott. Um, but, Brian, is there anything that still concerns you when you take in the cumulative effect of what you saw today and what you saw in week one or anything you feel better about and say, ah, okay, I saw this today, so that makes me feel better that week one was just week one? Or do you think these, all of this is still undetermined? Are these Cowboy receivers getting any separation on the outside? Boy, it doesn't feel like it. Man, it, it's tough. And, I mean, I'm looking forward to on uh, – on Monday morning, sitting down watching the All-22 and trying to figure these things out. Uh, I know they didn't get any separation against uh, the Philadelphia Eagles at all. I think the Eagles did a great job of playing defense. I know I was saying a lot that the Eagles are they hold, uh, they grab on. You know, in that game, Dallas couldn't separate, right. and the officials weren't going to call a, a game where Dallas was going to get any pass interference or, def- or holdings or anything like that. Um, I just wonder. Uh, we talk about Kellen Moore. Uh, we talk about route combinations. We talk about finding ways to get his receivers open. I really wonder if, in fact, if we sit down and, and watch these receivers against press coverage, are they winning enough off the line of scrimmage? Are they doing enough to, to in the passing game, uh, you know, affect uh, the game? I mean, we've seen, you know, we've seen some good downfield plays. But nearly a lot, when you watch these NFL games, it always seems like these receivers are running routes and it run after catch is huge. And with the Cowboys, 
it seems like at least the last couple of weeks uh, they've had to deal with more of uh, more of contested balls. Yeah, you know, and and I think you know it. You can even maybe go back to some of the other games if you went down and watched them. You know how many contested plays? How are these Cowboy receivers winning off the line? I, I think that's something because Michael Michael Gallup shouldn't have two targets and zero catches. It, right. It, that should that shouldn't happen in a game. You know. Uh, now is is it Dak getting back into it? I you know we'll see, but Michael Gallup is a better player than a two target no catch game. He's a much better player than that. But I wonder if in fact if these guys are winning enough off the line for the offense or also though for their quarterback, and that includes Cooper Rush. By sure, the way. sure, absolutely. When you look at I obviously like. I'm not saying anybody's available for trade or anything like that, but if you were to look at the 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 Cowboys and, and trying to find, you, you know, when they went and got Amari Cooper, they felt like, hey, this is Dak friendly. Remember that was one of the terms, Dak friendly, and I think that's the case. The the way Amari Cooper runs routes and things like that, I, I think is great. Name me a type of receiver you think that, man, I'd really like to see that type of player. Obviously, you you want a talented receiver, but like, I want to see that skill set at receiver playing within this offense that that you feel like. They're good enough that I don't think they'll be shackled by play calling or scheme. I think they're good enough to win one-on-one or be schemed up either way and also be the type of receiver that Dak can connect with. Is that – I mean, honestly, it's funny. Is that guy Amari Cooper and they traded him? Well, it's it's obviously somebody similar to that. Uh, could you win with what the guys at the Los Angeles Chargers? You know, bigger guys that, you know, they, they seem to – get open in routes. Could you win with the guys in uh, Miami? Miami. Could you win with the guys in Denver? You know, with those guys? I mean, they're not throwing the ball great in Denver, but, you know, that might be a little bit of the quarterback situation. I I, I don't know. I mean, Tampa, those guys getting open. I, I think it's just been tough for these receivers and it might be because of the way these defenses are playing him now with all this clog and cover. You know, it's rush four, drop uh, seven. Rush four, drop seven. You know, yeah. rush three, drop eight. You know, it's maybe it's harder to run routes. Maybe it's harder to win at the line of scrimmage. Maybe officials aren't calling illegal contacts and holds as much as we've seen in the past. But it just seems like the Cowboy receivers aren't, open as much as we've seen some of the other receivers around the league. And I wish I could give you a name, Bobby. I wish I could say, oh, well, hey, go get Cooper Cup. Or, oh, go get Odell Beckham. Or, oh, go get, you know. Sure. I don't know. They they need to do a better job of winning off that, off the jump, off the snap, and getting in his routes. And, you know, maybe that will help Dak or, or Cooper Rush or whoever's playing quarterback. Which and he has not had a great performance in Miami, but I, I think that's irrelevant to the to the idea of the chemistry they had and, and the type of player he was in terms of he could play all the positions. Do you think they regret Cedric Wilson leaving more than Amari Cooper? If they could go back and do well, it and say, "Hey, let's have Cedric Wilson here instead of using that pick on Jalen Tolbert. Let's use that capital on somebody else and just re-sign Cedric Wilson." Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I Cedric Wilson had some unique things about his game. I don't think Noah Brown's been terrible. No, I, mean, I don't either. No, Noah, he he was it, terrible Noah in the Brown. first half of this game today. He had he the was. he had the I mean, legal no, block in the back, the fumble. It was it wasn't great, but no, he's no been question. good overall. No question. He Noah Brown has been good overall. 
And matter of fact, and you're absolutely right. He wasn't great. It was a bad half of football for him. But if you look at overall, I, I man, I think Noah Brown's actually playing better than Michael Gallup. Yeah, right you know? now. And, yeah. and and I mean, right now. And so you need to figure out what's going on with Michael Gallup. You need to figure that out like right now. You're listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast, and you can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Brian, it is now time for our favorite segment of the show. It is our listener mailbag. We encourage you guys to drop us a line on Twitter. I'm at BobbyBeltTX. He is at Brian Broaddus. Or you can uh, drop us an email. Uh, you can send me a note at bobby.belt at odyssey.com, A-U-D-A-C-Y. And uh, we love hearing from you guys and, and some of the great questions you guys ask. Uh, look forward to answering those for you guys every week. Before we get into your questions, I need to say thank you one more time to our wonderful partner, Boomer Jacks. Uh, honestly, if I wasn't so tired after this long day, I'd probably be heading to Boomer Jacks right after this podcast to just get a nice cold beer. Uh, they, they, they have the coldest beer in the Metroplex. I'll put it up, honestly, coldest beer in any city I've ever been to. And they've got great drink specials starting at $3. they got buckets of beer. Uh, it's a great setup, wall-to-wall TVs, live music, and they have wonderful wing specials. I, I promise you I'm going to get out there on Tuesday or Wednesday night this week uh, because I, I, I missed Boomer Jacks last week, and I want to make sure that I catch up this week. So, Tuesday nights, it is half-price uh, bone-in wings. On Wednesday night, it is half-price boneless wings. Uh, so so whatever your your taste is in wings, maybe you like both of them, you should go both nights. But if you have a specific taste, Boomer Jacks has you set up. Uh, and again, wall-to-wall TVs, best TVs in the Metroplex. Uh, and there are 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That is boomerjacks.com. Okay, Brian, uh, we've got our Twitter questions here, and one of them submitted this week, and, and we lo- I love when you guys do this, uh, so I encourage you to do this if you get the chance. One of them is an audio question, so uh, here's our, our first question from Otis Hudson. Hello, Bobby. Hello, Brian. This is Otis Hudson, also known as Coach Hudson on Twitter. Quick question about the secondary. With Jordan Lewis going down today with injury, um, is Deron Bland the best to play that slot position, or would you be better off p- putting him on the outside and having um, Anthony Brown come in and play the slot position. I know Brown has not looked good the past couple of weeks. Um, I know this past game, he did not impress me at all. But um, just wondering your thoughts as far as what, you, what should happen after Jordan Lewis injury going down. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Which uh, I was saving this question because then we could address this topic. Jordan Lewis uh, comes up with the interception and then goes down. I, I thought at first the way he was grabbing it, I thought Achilles. Because uh, he, yeah. he was kind of grabbing that area. But it turns out it's a Liz Frank injury, but it will require surgery according to multiple reports. Todd Archer, David Moore. Uh, and, and so that will end Jordan Lewis's season in all likelihood. So the question there, Brian, is Deron Bland your slot? If you've had you know struggles with Anthony Brown on the outside, you maybe see, all right, let, let's play Kelvin Joseph outside and kick Anthony Brown inside and, and see if he has some more success there. I personally just think that after what we saw Deron Bland do on short notice against Washington, step in, play really well, have a really good training camp, uh, I, I'm I'm – Automatic, not even thinking about it. I'm starting Deron Bland in, in the nickel and moving ahead with Bland, Diggs, and Brown. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. Bland's going to play. Bland showed that he could play the slot. And you know what? For a 
for a team that's, uh, you know, and you got to get him ready this week. And, you know, the fact that he got some experience against the commanders, I think is a great thing. Got to get him ready this week. And then you'll have the open week to, to kind of talk through some things again, maybe reevaluate your situation if it doesn't work out all that well. Maybe the Cowboys will look, uh, you know, outside for a potential trade partner. Uh, we'll see what happens with Nashawn Wright. Also, what happens with Kelvin Joseph. You know, these are guys that could get opportunity. But Mike McCarthy has kind of told us, and Stephen Jones, I think, as well, on 105.3 The Fan, that if there was an injury on the outside, it would probably be Wright or Joseph that would play. If it's an injury on the inside, it would be Bland that would play. So now that you have the injury on the inside, uh, look for uh, Bland to be that guy. And a little bit of a, a cousin of that question, and uh, honestly, the most popular question I got this week, uh, Brian, I don't know if you saw it in your mentions, uh, they, this was the question asked by about six or seven different people, something along these lines. Lucas Chapman is asking, what are the chances Brown loses his spot to Joseph or Bland with Lewis Hurd? I'm sure it's not likely, but he's been very bad this year after a good year last season. There's a lot of people calling for Anthony Brown's job after the last few weeks, which I know he wasn't great today, but I, like I, I don't feel like he's a black hole out there. You know what I mean? Like, like I, it, it's not been great. He he was better last year. He's he was better earlier this season. Um, but ultimately, yeah, he's had his struggles. But I I still don't think that he's struggled enough that I would say Nashawn Wright or Kelvin Joseph deserves to take his job right now. I am the one that's guilty of this. I'm the guilty party here. I'm the I'm the guy that was talking up Anthony Brown at training camp. I was talking up uh, I was talking up uh, our defensive end Armstrong. Yeah, those were two guys that I really really believe were going to have. We big we season. we all talked up Anthony Brown. We all said he was like the best overall player. So so you're not alone there. We all were talking him up. Well, I I I feel, I don't even I don't even recognize this guy that's playing now. Yeah, I don't. I, I feel like I feel like there's just a little bit of of hesitancy to his game. I feel like that he hasn't been as good as tackler as we've seen in the past. I don't see him driving on the ball. I don't see him knocking down balls. That third down completion they had in the uh, you know in the game today it was third and long. Yep, the third he and wasn't, fourteen. He wasn't even the same area code, you know, and I. And I, I wanted him to be great. And we're halfway finished at the, uh, with the season, of, of the regular season. And I, I, I feel guilty for telling everybody that I thought he was going to be a good player. I really thought he was going to come is, out and be is, a really is, good Is he bad or is he just not consistent on a snap-to-snap -snap basis? Not, he is not. It is, this does not appear any aggressiveness at all to his game. But Diggs will fight you on the outside. Yeah, I he had, I a, he had yet, a pick and a big third down pass breakup today. I have yet to see Anthony Brown fight anything, you know, and so I at I, I'm guilty because I think fans I think fans listen to me talk about him and you know oh well hey well Broadus thinks he's gonna and I really did believe watching him play after last season and watching him play in the in training camp I'm like this guy's ready to take another step. I did too. And uh, it, it's it's not the same player as we speak right now. Uh, question from Brian with a Y. Uh, ah, your brother. There you go. There uh, we go. 
Does Mike McCarthy need to take over the play calling? Kellen Moore has no feel for the game. Signed a pissed off Tolo from Filthy. <laughs> what do well, you think, Brian? Pretty, would you? Would you? Would, would, does Mike McCarthy need to take over the play calling? Oh, I. You or, know or, or do you think he's doing enough right now? Just what we've heard about, where he's popping in the headset. I think popping in the headset's fine. Uh, I, I, I can't wait for the questions tomorrow of Kellen Moore. And I mean, if you listen to this, we're taping Sunday night, Monday. You get coordinators on Monday. I, I hope that folks ask him about the third down calls and stuff like that. Because um, I, I think he's going to, I don't know if he'll give up the secrets. And I don't know if people in the building will whisper this to you, Bobby, mm-hmm. but I just have a feeling he was trying to break some tendencies and it didn't work out. The Lions played him well, you know, but I, man, I, I just, I don't see McCarthy taking over. If this team was, if this team was in the shape of the Lions where it's one in five and they need something to turn around, McCarthy will probably call the plays. But your team's five and two right now. Chance goes six and two into the bye. I I, I don't think that they're going to do that. Question here from uh, Garrett. And and, and these, this first part of the question, we got a lot when the inactives came out. Garrett is asking, is Neville Gallimore hurt? How do we get better at stopping the run with our current roster? Had issues with gap assignments at all three levels, especially at linebacker. Um, Neville Gallimore is is not hurt, to my knowledge. I know See, that... Now, Christy, now, Christy Scales, and I could be wrong. I mean, mm-hmm. I thought I heard her right. She said he was dealing with a wrist injury. And I need to... Possible. I need to... And she said that he was trying to get the wrist injury okay. He thought he could play through it, and then he couldn't. So, I, I need to ask... But I could have sworn in the in the in the pregame show today. We asked her about the inactives, and we were talking about Neville Gallimore, and she mentioned a wrist injury. And, and that, I'll, I'll I'll ask that, that that's possible. I do know Archer with seems certainty. To, Todd Archer. Yeah, Archer seems to think that it was a healthy scratch. And you know, Christy goes down. I mean, she's down there in the middle of all those. Christy's incredibly crazy. plugged in. And so when she, when I heard, so is Archer, wrist, yeah, and so is Archer. When I heard wrist injury, I, I went, oh, okay, you know. And she was like, well, they tried to cast it or something like. I mean, it was, I, I might have heard her wrong, but I, I'll have to, I'll I, have to. Ask. I do know this. There, there, there may be a, an injury issue there. I do know they've had their frustrations with him this year, and we've There's talked. No we've, we've talked no about question. it here. They, they, they. Yeah. They have felt like, hey, it's not cutting time. Uh, like you need, you need to, you need to show us something here. I, I think, I think they were disappointed with the the off season work that he put in. Sure. I, I think that that was a frustration for them, um, and, and they think that it's it's showing up now. Um, that that you're seeing some of that struggle. And I thought overall he's he's had moments where he's been okay. I, I thought he was kind of playing his way into shape a little bit and and playing his way in, into some some better football. And the Philly game wasn't great from him, um, and he's had a couple games where where it wasn't great. But um, I mean, this was a guy they had playing into the second half in preseason games, and then that's usually a sign that they they want you to wake up and they want you to see like, hey, you're, you're we we need you to be better here. Uh, 
sort of blending Garrett's question with another question uh, from Tony because because Garrett's question said, you know, had issues at, at, at all three levels, especially linebacker. And Tony asks the question, I watched LVE exclusively on just about every play. He very rarely does anything positive. If we're concerned about the Rundy, I would start with him and Barr. What do you think? I didn't think Van Der Esch was bad today. Did you, Brian? Ten, tack- ten tackles, right? Yeah, and I, th- I thought he was seeing things pretty well. Like, there I'm, yeah. there was one play, I think, the Jamal Williams run on third down where he picked up, like, the first first down of the game or maybe the second one. Um I think he got lost a little bit in, in the trash. Yeah. But, but oh, it'll happen to him every once in a while. His eyes will fail him. That that's um, that's it. It's his eyes. If his eyes are good, he is damn good. When his eyes are are bad, he's bad. And yeah, and, and he, I thought today, I thought today he was pretty good. I thought Anthony Barr. I know he had the fumble recovery. I thought Anthony Barr struggled more than Leighton Vander Esch did. Yeah, I, and, you know that's what I'm saying. Uh, you know, Damone Clark. Let's see what, how quickly they can get him ready to play. I would look forward to – I mean, I know everybody's kind of anxious about seeing him play, but you talk about a physical downhill player. Uh, if, if you're going to – if you're going to run uh, – if you're going to run Anthony Barr out there who's a veteran that's kind of struggled at times, I'd be totally okay with putting Clark out there. I, Bobby, do you know what's going on with Cox? I know he's just playing special teams. Can I? Can I? Can I, I, I had this discussion with somebody uh, recently. Uh, not not somebody with the team. It was just I was speculating with somebody else. And and the only thing that I and and this other person could come up with is they just must not think he's very good right now because yeah. I think he's he's healthy. We're we're a year removed from that. He should be healthy. And I just I think they they believe. What I think part of it is is they need to get better on run defense, and that was the thing Jabril Cox always struggled. He was he wasn't good, at, and yeah, so I, I think they just yeah. feel like this isn't going to make us any better right now. Like like if we were a better run defending team, yeah, maybe we'd put him out here to to help us uh, in some coverage aspects. But uh, I, I think basically it just comes down to they probably don't think he's very good right now, um, yeah, I, and and, I, and, they're, and they're still trying to bring him along. Uh, last question here from Anthony Flores, and it kind of brings things brings things back full circle because it's something that you were uh, talking about a little bit. I know you said. The, you, you wonder if they're sandbagging a little bit or trying to break up some tendencies. Is the line not getting enough of a push inside and that's making Kellen overthink some of these third and short opportunities? Does Kellen feel like he's not getting enough no, push I mean, from the interior? Did, no, I, I feel like they're in a situation where they've, they've converted a bunch of these. Yeah. I mean, they've converted a bunch of last these. Week, last the week they struggled, but but they've, they've, they've yeah. been good this year. Teams are playing you different. Teams are playing you different on that third and short stuff. So, no, I, I, again, Bobby, make sure you ask that question tomorrow when you get coordinators. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Make sure you're the guy asking him about, are you trying to break some tendencies on your third down runs? If you could do it, I don't know if you could do it in a. Uh, you know what uh, that might be? That might be a Friday walk off question for McCarthy, is when that would be. Because yeah. McCarthy does walk off some Friday go. now. That may be a question for walk off. I, I agree. I agree. Because. I don't know if he'll want to say that. On yeah, because I, I don't know that Kellen would want to say, yeah, we're trying to break tendencies. We want to run it with a fullback, but we had to show them something else. But but definitely uh, maybe find a ginger way to, to, to answer it, like just kind of approach it a little gingerly. But, uh, you know, it, it, I definitely probably a, a Friday McCarthy walk-off question. Uh, that does it for us here on Love of the Star. We'll have a couple more episodes for you this week. The Chicago Bears coming up, and then the Cowboys will get a bye week. Uh, and, and so lots to discuss here, and uh, th- then we get a nice recharge ahead of Green Bay. Uh, until later this week, we will talk to you guys later.